0: On February 3rd, 1943, at 1255 AM, in the icy waters off Greenland, the SS Dorchester, carrying soldiers on their way to England, was struck midship by a torpedo. The nightmare had become a reality. In 30 minutes, the ship sank beneath the freezing water but one act of heroism will remain with us forever. As the men struggled into clothes and life jackets, leaping from the burning ship and climbing into overloaded lifeboats, four army chaplains worked to spread calm and order. Those chaplains were George Fox, a Methodist, Alexander Good, a rabbi, John Washington, a Roman Catholic priest, and Clark Poling, a Dutch Reformed minister. Over and over again, the survivors tell the same story. The chaplains were found throughout the ship, helping the confused and terrified into life vests and shepherding them to the lifeboats. They could be heard exhorting courage and praying loudly, bringing God's inexplicable peace to an insane situation. One chaplain handed his gloves to a soldier who was without. The chaplains then handed out life vests to waiting men. When they had run out, each one took off his own vest and gave it to a waiting soldier. From the water, the glare of fight, fire lit the night. All around floated bits of debris, overcrowded lifeboats, and men clinging to whatever they could find. Over it all could be heard the voices of the four chaplains calling out encouragement and praying for the safety of all. They were last seen, huddled together, linking arms and singing hymns as they went down with the ship. This week marks the 79th anniversary of their heroism. Answering God's call, these men offered up the ultimate sacrifice. My friends, God has called all of us. How will you answer the call? This morning I want to talk about the courage and the strength to discern and obey God's call. Unlike the four chaplains, most of us are not called to the ultimate sacrifice. Nevertheless, we are all called to proclaim the gospel. We are called to stand and to be accounted for, to unabashedly announce what Jesus and Isaiah called the year of the Lord's favor. The four chaplains faced the raging cold sea. We, in this current culture, may be called to face a raging and cold people, people resistant to the gospel, our neighbors and maybe even our fellow churchmen and women. So where do we get the courage and the strength to stand? Of all the prophets, Jeremiah exemplified what it meant to face a raging and cold people. We know from, the, from the, his story that he struggled, and we know many of his struggles, his inner thoughts, his doubts, his fears. He, on many occasions, wanted to quit. Nevertheless, Jeremiah fought through the depression, through the doubt, through unbelievable circumstances to proclaim to his people God's crystal clear message of judgment and salvation, of repentance and reconciliation. If anyone needed strength to answer God's call, it was Jeremiah. And we can see in his struggles that Jeremiah teaches us that from our conception, God has set us apart, and despite our fears and our excuses, he gives us the ability, the protection, and the authority to proclaim the gospel to all nations. From the call of Jeremiah, we learn three things. One, from our conception, God has set us apart. Two, despite our excuses and our fears, God knows our hearts and promises us the ability and the protection to follow our calling. And three, God gives us the authority to proclaim a harsh but salvific message. First, from our conception, God has set us apart. Jeremiah chapters. Four, I mean, verses 4 and 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Notice God's timing. When did God call Jeremiah? Before he was even born. His calling, this tells us that his calling was sure, it was certain. You know, it's important to realize that God does not do things on a whim. He plans, he determines. He takes those whom he loves and puts them on the right path, even before they even know they are on a path. God has taken all of us, and he's chosen us before the foundation of Yes, we have free will. Yes, God has chosen us. No, I'm not going to explain that. (laughs) Because I simply do not know. But what I do know is that God from before the foundation of the world knew us, loved us, and chose us. You see, that's why we set apart our babies, that's why we baptize our children, that's why we mark them because God has chosen them and God has chosen you. Frankly, you've been tattooed. (laughs) God has marked you, God has stamped you, God has branded you and like a tattoo, it doesn't wear off. God has chosen you, God has chosen me. he's given us a task. He has given each of us a mission, a mission no less important than the mission he gave to Jeremiah. Indeed, from our conception, God has set us apart, but also despite our fears and excuses, God knows our hearts and he promises us the ability and the protection to follow our Calling, verses six through nine. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth, for to all whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You see, Jeremiah is afraid, so he makes excuses. You know, he has every reason to fear. These people were mean, they were fearsome, they were his own countrymen, but they hated God's message. They wanted nothing to do with God's word. But God is not surprised. He had chosen Jeremiah, and he had every intention to see that Jeremiah carried out his mission. You see, God is not surprised by evil. He knows what his children are going through. Do you think he doesn't know that his people are being tortured and killed even now? Put in cages, forced to recant, and when they don't, killed? He knows. Do you think he doesn't know of the horrific abortion laws? of the suffering and death of his little ones? He knows. And no, he will not stay silent forever. He will send his servants, he will send you, he will send me to proclaim the gospel, to announce judgment and forgiveness. We have been called and yes, it can be scary, but God knows. And he will give us the ability and the protection to carry out our mission. Do not be afraid of them, God says, for I'm with you to deliver you. God will deliver us. We may die, but God will deliver us. The enemy cannot such touch our souls, God will not allow that. We win. Yes, my friends, we live in an evil age. The same as Jeremiah. The same as always. Since the fall, there has always been evil. You know, even before the fall, there was evil. Can't explain that. But God has given us the tools to fight, to combat evil, to proclaim the gospel. The Lord reached down and he touched Jeremiah's mouth. He put his words in Jeremiah's mouth. My sisters and brothers, God will do the same for us. When the time comes, God will give you the words. He will give you the ability to answer his call. And he is calling. Just listen. God has called you from before time began. He has set you apart. He will overcome your fears. And he will give you the protection and the ability to answer his call. And finally, he has given you the authority to proclaim a harsh but salvific message. God said to Jeremiah, see, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, but to build and to plant. God appointed Jeremiah. God appoints you and me. God has taken us and put us over nations and kingdoms. We are God's viceroys, his agents, his spokesmen and women. By our baptism, God has placed us, he has appointed us to announce the gospel to the world. We have a call to build and plant. But before we can build and plant, we must also pluck up and pull down, destroy and overthrow. A message of false love and phony prosperity is the antithesis to the true gospel. The message of the true gospel must always include repentance and sorrow for sin. And that's where our message meets the resistance. In Jeremiah's day, the nation of Israel had sunk low, committing sins no less heinous than the sins of the pagan nations surrounding her. They had violated God's law. Israel had forsaken her true God, her true husband, and like a harlot was sleeping with other gods. The nation's actions were disgusting. They were even sacrificing their children to Baal. I do not see much difference between then and now. We find ourselves amid a chaotic and messy world, a world that sees sin as a virtue and virtue as a sin. And like the four chaplains that descended into an icy, raging sea, we find ourselves confronted by icy and raging people, a people bent on sinning, a people who clap and cheer when announcing unborn babies to die. It's disgusting, and it breaks God's heart. But that's why he called us. We must, we cannot fail to call judgment upon sin. Of course our message does not end there. We must get to the building and planting, but not at the expense of soft-peddling sin. To fail to tell the whole truth and preach a gospel of false love is simply cruel. It leaves people in their sins, giving them a false hope of salvation. God has called us to be lion-hearted, to stand like men and women, to give witness, to announce to the nations that God loves them and wants to save them and wants them to live happy, joyous, virtuous lives, not because he is some sort of heavenly killjoy, but because he wants everyone to experience the joy of what it means to live a virtuous life. True prosperity is godly virtue. Alas, this message is not popular, but it is true, and God has called us to announce this to the nations. Indeed, God has given us the strength and the ability to overcome our fears. He has given us the strength and the ability to proclaim the gospel. We can do this with God's help. So where are you today? God has called you to be lion-hearted. Let us stand like men and women. Let us preach the gospel, the whole gospel. We will be opposed. We will face the icy and raging storm of ridicule, discrimination, and maybe even persecution and death. But God has given us the strength. Before we were born, he called us, set us apart, marked us as his own. Amid our fears, he brings us comfort, protection, and the ability to follow his leading wherever he may lead. And finally, he has appointed us, commissioned us to proclaim the gospel to all nations, to all people. It is time to stand and be accounted for. Amen. Amen.